My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Mimi Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is so, so exciting. I interviewed Lauren Everett's Bostic from The Skinny Confidential. I was in Austin, Texas, so this interview was IRL in real life and it was so impactful. I cannot wait for you to listen. In this episode, we're going to go all in. I ask her so many questions. We get deep on her motivation, her top beauty tips. We go deep into her birth story, having a baby for the first time, her relationships, her top life values, so much more. I do a quick fire at the end as well, which is super exciting because I don't really ever do quick fire Q&As, but I kind of need to start with my guests because it was really fun to listen to her answers. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that I'm doing a giveaway with Lauren. She was kind enough to offer up a free hot mess ice roller to one person in this giveaway. So if you want to enter, all you need to do is go on Instagram, comment on my latest Instagram post. Let me know your favorite part of this episode. Tag Lauren Bostic, tag The Skinny Confidential, and follow both of those accounts too. And you may win a hot mess ice roller. I have it myself. I post about it all the time. You guys know I love it. It is so good for deep huffing. We talk about it in this episode. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much again for listening. And let's get right into the show. Hello, everyone. I have a very special guest for today's episode. We have Miss Lauren Bostic or Everts Bostic. Depends on the day. Depends on the day. I love it. I'm so excited for this interview. We just did a podcast for her podcast, the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast with her and her husband, Michael. And it was amazing. We're here together in Austin. And I just can't wait to have her on the show. It's been a long time coming. It's been such uh, a long time coming. I wanted to do it in person. Yes, I did too. It's more impactful. It's way more impactful. And And you got Michael on a rant. I mean, that doesn't happen often. (sighs) Are we going to cut that out? No, he's going to rant. No, no, we don't cut it out. He's going to rant. Yeah, that's he. He loves having guests on that he can rant with. So. Yeah. Well, you I know. just I just let it go. I I, I like you. I, you said I don't react. I try to just respond. Right. <laughs> yes. You just allow allow other people to do whatever allow they him to want. Be I'm excited for this episode because I want to pick your brain and and see a different side to you. Of course, you know, most people listen to your podcast. You have one of the biggest podcasts, especially for our demographic. You Thank guys you. have like over 100 million downloads, which is insane. Like that's that's pretty insane. And you started podcasting when when it wasn't cool, before it became a thing. And I think that is also a huge reason why it's so successful because you were consistent and started really early. So I want to start off this podcast. There are a few things I want to talk to you about, but I have my cute little cue cards. I'm not usually prepared for podcasts, but I wanted to make sure I I got it all out of you. I love it. Get it out. So I really wanted to kind of begin this conversation talking about the moments right before you started seeing success, like right as you started seeing success. Everyone knows you're now successful. You have product lines, you have an app, you have a podcast, you have, you know, so much going on for you. But let's talk about right at the beginning, like when you were hustling really hard for years, what were those moments that you first started experiencing, tasting success and what was it like? You're going to appreciate this answer because you have meditations on affirmations. 
I always saw myself self as successful. Always. Since and I had nothing. Like mm-hmm. I I was broke. I was living at my godparents' house for free. Like they were buying me groceries. Like I was broke, but I always saw my, myself as successful. And I think that anyone out there who is not seeing themselves as successful, it's going to be really hard to become successful. You have to see yourself as the person that you want to become. And for me, there was just no, there was no other option. This was, this was what it is. I also think that you have to define your relationship to success. What is that? My husband is more he's more into numbers and he's he's really good with money and investing that is not you know the way the only way i see success like with with money or followers i try to to really define my relationship to success and by the way there's nothing wrong with that and i'm so happy that i have a partner that is so in tune with finances and investing you're a good match yeah it's a good match it's a good match um i have realized as i get older that I see success as having space on my calendar. I don't think it's successful when I wake up and my entire day is is jammed from the minute I wake up. And I think a lot of people on Instagram story or my podcast might be surprised at that because I am so um, anal about my calendar, but I'm anal because I want to create space. Mm. So success now to me is space on the calendar. It's autonomy. It's freedom. It's doing what I want to do when I want to do it. But in the, if you want to go back to the beginning, I always saw myself as successful. There was there was no option. And just because you don't have money or you don't have followers, that shouldn't define success, in my opinion. It was part of your self-image, which I think is the best predictor to someone's success is when they change their self-image to, to match what they desire. And that's amazing. But what kind of moments at the beginning started to excite you? Because you did a lot of work for years without making a penny and you're open about that. What moment did you feel was like a, oh my God, wait, it's starting to happen? Did you have a moment like that? Yeah, I think I was a bartender at a bar and I, I, w- I worked with a lot of men. So a lot of super rich, wealthy men. And I almost was like a wallflower in there. Like they almost looked at me as a picture frame. So I was able to really see men in their true element without women around Mm -hmm. for five years, you know, five days a week. So when I started to see that, you know, what I was doing was moving the needle is sometimes their wives would come in and they would say, oh, this post really helped me with working out at home or this post really helped me with, you know, how to have a snack when I have a sweet tooth. I remember I did a post, this is so vintage, with like, you know, pieces of chocolate, like chocolate chips stuffed in raspberries. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the women's would come in and they would would talk about that. And the men started to kind of notice. And and I don't know if I looked at that as, oh, it's it's successful. I think what I looked at as successful is it was providing value to people and they were actually implementing the tips that I was posting. Mm. Um, another thing that I think, you know, and this we were talking about on our podcast with you is, you know, you were DMing a bunch of film pro- producers mm-hmm. in LA. For me, I was DMing a bunch of people on Twitter to have them be- do interviews on the blog. And I would DM like a thousand people a week. And I, I, I would get three yeses. And then I would take those yeses and I would leverage it to get the next three yeses. So I was getting like smaller celebrities, smaller influencers would take those, would get another, like a tear up, a tear up, a tear up. And so to be able to get all of those different celebrities and influencers on the blog and share their tips and tricks and then have the audience get value from them, 
the value aspect was really important to me. You, I never wanted to waste anyone's time. You had to have a takeaway. So when the takeaways started to, I was able to see the takeaways in real life, like at the bar, that was cool. And I started to realize, okay, I'm doing, I'm doing my purpose. This is my purpose. And now with the podcast, it's the same kind of thing, just a different medium. What's your favorite part of your business? I mean, the podcast, the product line, everything that you're doing, the socials, what's like your favorite part of what you do? My favorite part is the creative directing, like building the product line from from nothing and just having a vision in my head and having to articulate that vision to someone and having them draw it and then make refinements and going back and forth and feeling it and touching it and make it come to life and then have people actually use it and love it. And it's actually, again, providing that value aspect is is definitely my favorite part. I also just like being creative in general. I love branding. I'm obsessed with branding. So probably branding creative is is one of my favorite parts. And then the podcast has been such an incredible outlet to really, you know, if someone can take away something from each episode, like that's that makes me feel good. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So what is the like what's your why? I want to know what's what's your your reason for doing all of this? Of course, you want to live an abundant life. You want to be happy and successful and reach your ultimate potential. That's obvious. But is there something that you think of often to keep you motivated? Is like what what is this why of yours? And it could be I don't know. It could be your kid. It could be your husband, whatever it is. It's not my kid or my husband. I'm being honest. (laughs) It's not. I'm being honest. Good. Listen, I would love like I would. (laughs) I think that's great if it's someone's kid or my husband. Mine is I cannot sit with myself if I don't fully execute the vision I have Mm. in my head. I can't. I can't live my life and look back and be like, oh, my God, I had all these ideas in my head and I didn't execute. It makes me like when even me saying that makes me want to start scratching my skin. Fear of regret. It, I just, the same. I don't even know if it's regret. It's more like the vision that I have for the brand and the vision I have for the community. I cannot like be done until it's finished. Mm. I have to finish what I started. Um because I really think that that with the podcast and hopefully with the ice roller and all these different things I'm doing, that it's involving community. I've seen a lot of influencers and celebrities get so famous that they end up alienating the people that support them. And I think what I've always tried to do is, and I hope I continue to do this, is bring other people up. I I can only watch someone talk about themselves for so long. There has to be more depth. Mm. And I hope that that one of the things that my brand does is it inspires more people to bring other people up. Whether it's someone who has a small business or a podcast that doesn't have a lot of followers or someone that does have a lot of followers that just should be elevated. An example is like Melissa Wood Health. She has a ton of followers. But to be able to put her on the podcast and, you know, maybe she impacts someone else's life more, that's super powerful to me. So it's definitely the aspect of bringing people up and having to have to execute the vision that that I have in my head. Every single person I've spoken to about you says the exact same thing. That's nice. Is oh that, that you are so, so nice. No, honestly, you are so generous nice. with your platform. And I was actually out for lunch with Belen. Uh, Berlin. 
I've, I've only talked to her via email because Yesterday, of yeah. Savon. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to meet her in person. She's amazing. You should definitely do something Yeah, with her. I want to meet her in person. And um, yeah, she was saying, she's like, yeah, everything I've heard about Lauren, she's just like really great and and loves to help other people. It's just so authentic. It's it's I hate to say the word help because it's like I, I don't really think I'm helping anyone. I just like to put on blast mm. when people are doing something, doing something that I think can help other people. And I really do. I and we all know them. Um, f- see some creators and influencers that it's all about me, 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 me. And this is to me. I'm a Gemini. It's a it's a narcissistic business if you let it be. Yeah. It's very similar to celebrity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my dad taught me very young, never read your own press clippings, whether it's good or bad. Like, I'm not going to sit there and read negative reviews, and I'm not going to sit there and read positive reviews all day. It's uh, You get caught up in it if you don't make it bigger than yourself. You have to look outside yourself if you want a long-term vision in in, in this space i think mm-hmm. could be wrong yeah we'll see in 10 years <laughs> so what do people misunderstand most about you i think people misunderstand a lot about me but i i think i've gotten off i've gotten off on that my entire life like when i got my boobs done when i was 18 years old i have had very bleached blonde hair i think if you look at my instagram feed it's it's like aesthetically pleasing i think that a lot of people would like to judge that right away but i almost like to make them question that and if someone doesn't want to get to know me deeper than my instagram feed i really don't have time for that mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest like if i i think that to judge a book just based on your Instagram feed is very short-sighted. So I do think it cuts a lot of judgmental people out of my platform. My community is very open. They're very non-judgmental. Um, I think people would just look at me and be like, oh, she has fake tits and blonde hair and dismiss me. And I'm really okay with that because if they take a listen to the podcast, we've talked about everything from um, suicide to human trafficking to sex trafficking, to, you know, vagina steaming, to all different kinds of things, grief, loss. And I think that they people, I hope, will take a peek a little bit more than just my Instagram feed. Because we all know that's our highlight reel. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that at Absolutely. this point. Yeah, I love it. I love how you just unconditionally are yourself and you don't care. And that's I don't aspirational. Care. You don't I, care. I don't. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hang out with someone that's judgmental. I don't want them on the podcast. I don't want them in my ether. I don't want to go to dinner with them. I find it boring. I I want to be around people I disagree with. I want to be able to hold space for other people's opinions that aren't mine. And I I really think my parents raised me to be really non-judgmental. And mm-hmm. I think that's like if I can take something that they did right. And do that with my daughter. And of course, there's things that they didn't do right. But that is one of the things that they did really right is just raising me to be non-judgmental. So I think that anyone that's automatically going to judge me based on my Instagram feed, I don't want around me. Mm-hmm. You know what Couldn't I mean? Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Okay, let's change gears a bit and talk about beauty and wellness, which is your forte. Let's do it. You just launched your ice roller and your face oil. Tell me about that. Why did you decide those two products out of every product you could have made? It was so clear to me that no one in the the beauty industry was, one, talking about puff. I, I wake up so puffy. I'm puffy right now. I'm just run puffy. 
And everyone's like, here's a cream for hyperpigmentation, and here's an oil for acne, and here's here's something to hide your your blemishes. But there was nothing that was solving the problem of puff. And it all started, It's, I mean, a whole story, you guys can read about it on the blog. I got horrific 16-hour jaw surgery. They broke my entire face, and I just became, like, puffy for four years. I still am puffy. So I really wanted to disrupt the category of beauty and start talking about puff. That's one thing. The other thing is, I feel like the beauty industry is super conservative. Mm-hmm. It's it's I I want it's I want some flamboyant. We don't have to take ourselves so seriously all the time. We can be funny with it. And I think the same time sometimes with fashion, right? It's like so serious and like the front row and and like the clipboard and like it's just it, it, it takes the fun out of it. So I hope that my brand can come in and shake up the space a little bit. And it's it's not it's beauty. It's supposed to be light and fun and flamboyant and cheeky. And listen, if you want to have a more conservative brand, great. But I definitely wanted to provide something sort of new and go through a different door. Yeah. And it's so you and it's beautiful, the packaging. I remember opening up the ice roller and the entire packaging and everything was so well thought out. Thank you. And it really looks like, like your app. an incredible. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it, it looks like an incredibly high quality product and it works so well. And um, yeah, like, it's just I can't wait to see what else you create because the quality is there. So, it only took four years. <laughs> you know only how it is. Took four you years. know how it is. It's it, when you want it to be a certain way for for you. Yeah. I think too, and a lot of people launch brand. They have, you know, they just launch a brand. But when you already have people who are following along and who are in your community, you don't want to disappoint them. No. You want them to fucking love it. Yeah. You want them to post it everywhere. And I think the same with your app. Like you couldn't just launch an app and sort of adjust. You had to launch something. That was sort of met your community where it's at. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I had to change it because that's, you know, it was the natural evolution. Um, But so let's talk about your, I know it's so typical and you've probably answered this loads, but your top beauty tips and tricks and wellness hacks and maybe like the top five things you can't live without, um, whether it's doing it or a product, whatever it is. So Tinks told me about this cup on my podcast and I'm obsessed with it because it's better than the Hydro Flask because it keeps the ice cold overnight. So I wake up to ice freezing cold lemon water. I'm buying that. It's so good. Who's it by? I'll send you the link. It's by it's it's by Simple Modern and it's off Amazon. I love it. And if it's on my Amazon page, you could you post it though. I'll like send you the link. You can post it to everyone. And I don't even know how to do affiliate links it doesn't have <laughs> okay, to be an affiliate okay. link like just you can just show them it's, okay. it's like sim- i don't know like the link offhand but it's simple it's modern. a bottle with a straw and it looks so aesthetic it's heaven and you put here's the here's what you do you do tons of ice at night with lemon and then you put chlorophyll drops in it so you wake up in the morning with this delicious chlorophyll lemon water it's mm. so cleansing it's such a little thing but it makes such a difference and I have never drank more water. So this is one of – I hate when people say I drink water for beauty, but this is – It works. This yeah. gets the water to you. It's a tool. Perfect. <laughs> um, another thing that I really, really like is men's sculpting hair gel for my eyebrows. Ooh, that's a great tip. It's $5 at Target. It's this sculpting hair gel that makes your brows like a boner. You put it on a spoolie and you just brush. I like my br- brows brushed straight up because I think it pulls the face up. 
Um, And so that on a spoolie, like brushed up, it's better than any brow gel you'll ever have. Great. What's the brand? The brand is, um, I knew you were going to ask me that. Hold on. <laughs> it's called Got To Be. Got, Got to, to Be. Glued. Okay. Got To Be Glued. Okay. And it's uh, yellow. Okay. And it's $5 off Amazing. Target. And it's the best brow gel ever. Amazing. Okay, that's two. That's two. Another one I would say, I'm going to say like a couple different things. I think you said it on our podcast, finding little pockets of the day to do things that support self-care. So waking up, meditating for 10 minutes. Go to your app. Um, (laughs) I think finding time to work out. I like to take my conference calls when I'm walking in nature. Um, Making time on your calendar. And this sounds weird. You're going to be like, what does this have to do with beauty? This all makes me feel the most radiant inside. Um, Little things like taking a probiotic, having chlorophyll in your water, really making sure that you're doing things that support who you want to be overall. So I really am a big believer that little tiny things you do every day make up to the big success. So it could be as simple as this sounds so weird, turning on a fountain, an oil diffuser, and a candle, and some of your 528 frequency music. Like that already sounds like a beautiful morning. And I really think I am at my best self, beauty, skin, hair, everything, When I'm doing tiny things and to get even more granular, freezing cold showers in the morning, like tightens the skin, wakes me up, puts me in a good mood that I think we're moving towards more of a revolution in beauty where it's about niche beauty. Mm. It's not just about putting makeup on and and doing like a serum. It's more about it's starting to be more about those little things that you do every day that builds up to more success. Yeah. And maybe that's not the beauty question that you wanted. No, that's perfect. Yeah, that's that's something that I'm really into. I think when your mental health is on point, it influences your skin and your beauty as a whole so much. I feel less bloated when I'm in that good mind frame. I feel my skin is more clear. It's radiant. Like you said, everything shifts because your energy is different. A hundred percent. And if we're going to have one product that we have to try, it's uh, this colostrum. Colostrum comes from the boob when you're breastfeeding oh colostrum product you can buy it i'm obsessed with it i'm wearing it right now under my (gasps) makeup and it's by epicurean and it is how do they get that i don't know but it this stuff it the texture of it just lays right under makeup and i take it all the way down to my boobs and it smells right it's not too sweet it's just it's amazing and i'm really having a moment with it right now colostrum moisturizer i'm gonna buy that you heard it here first. but it comes it's from weird. other women's boobs i i think i need to interview the founder to figure out how they figured this out <laughs> i i i don't care if it comes from other women's boobs in fact i'm sure i i guess it does i i'd have to figure it out but it works whatever you know what you when you. i was breastfeeding i took that shit and rubbed it all over my face it's got magical benefits and if you don't believe me google it that's amazing <laughs> that is hilarious um I have an old friend who – I don't even know why I'm saying this on the podcast, but she swore by putting semen on her face as a mask. You know what? Whatever works. <laughs> Michael, get me some of your semen tonight. I need to use it. <laughs> Try it out. Try everything once. Whatever works. Okay. Let's talk about parenting. You're a new mom. Life is definitely going to change a lot once you have a baby. So how, much. How old is Zaza now? She is 18 months. Oh I hate God. when people say that. She's one and a half. <laughs> what does 18 months even mean? Yeah. Yeah. A year and a half. Right? She's a year and a half. She's yeah. almost two. 
Oh, she's so cute. Thank you. She's so cute. She's so, so sweet. But she is, she's sassy. Yeah. Or her mama. Yeah, she is sassy. So what has changed in you since becoming a mom? There's so much that changes. Like, what's the biggest difference in you and your personality? First of all, just going back to being pregnant, gaining that much weight, and I can't believe people don't talk about this, is a mind fuck. You go from having this identity of, you know, whatever that is, if you're a, a wife or a business person and your body's this way, and then it completely changes everything. Yeah. The change that happens in your body is a lot. And then for me, I thought, oh, you're going to have the baby and like you come out and like everyone's like the weight just falls off and you're breastfeeding and running. And maybe that happens to people, but that did not happen to me. I I was like puffy and full of water and not feeling like myself. My identity was out of whack. I just didn't feel good after I had a baby at all. I had horrible depression, anxiety, just like all the all these different things. And it was so weird because I had such a beautiful, low energy, easy pregnancy, easy birth. But afterwards, it was like I got hit with a Mack truck. Wow. And I think it's really important for women to get their hormones tested. You talked about that on mm-hmm. our podcast. I My thyroid was so fucked that the doctor told me that even if I starved myself all week and worked out for two hours a day, I wouldn't have been able to lose weight. So I think that finding out like it's not sometimes it's not just, oh, I had a baby. Like you have to really dig under the bed and see what's going on. Um, I microdosed mushrooms three times and that really helped me gain clarity. We're we're kind of like getting off on, on the baby topic, but having a baby does change your life. It's less sleep. It's a lot of work. It's letting people into your home to take care of your most mm. prized possession. That's another mind fuck. It's it's it's. I feel like it needs to be talked about more. It's uncomfortable for me. I I have a nanny because I have to work, and to have someone come in your home, you have to trust them. They're around your your husband, your family. It's a lot. Yeah. Um. And then I think just you can't do what you want to do when you want to do it. And what I mean by that is. Today, I I was meditating for 15 minutes and she came in and it's like, what am I going to do? Be like, get out. I'm meditating. (laughs) You can't do that. Yeah. And you just have to embrace it and embrace the chaos. And it is what it is. And I stopped and I gave her my full attention. Um, I stopped meditation. I stopped everything. Obviously, not every single day it's going to be like that. Sometimes I have to be like, you know, okay, you have to go to daddy. But it is a lot of disruption and chaos. But it's good. It's all good. And now I finally feel better from anxiety and depression. And it was definitely worth it, but it is a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's a very honest take on all of it. For sure. What was birth like? I'm so curious. You loved birth? I loved it. What was it like? Talk me through it. It's like the most intense thing. It's. it's, Were you at home in a hospital? I was in a hospital. What did you plan? Where did you take an epidural? I took an epidural the second that I – I wasn't even in pain. I'm like, I'll take the epidural. I wanted an epidural. And I'll tell you why. I wanted the baby to come out, like, in the most low energy, like, oils, music. I didn't want to be screaming. I didn't want – and not that there's anything wrong with that for anyone. I didn't want – I wanted to just kind of just everything, like, slide out, easy going. In the hospital, like, did you, like, dim the lights? Like, did you micromanage that situation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dim lights. You can't bring candles in, so you have to get fake candles. Uh, you'll have to text me when when you give birth. Yeah, one day. But by the way, 
like I also went into it like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen I've seen mm. people be super crazy like I I have to have this and I have to have this and if this doesn't happen you you kind of have to be like this is out of my control you have to be super stoic about it it you yeah. don't know what's gonna happen it's on the baby's sort of term not yours what was the moment like when they put her on top of you right after you gave birth what was that feeling it's beautiful but you're fucked up you just gave birth so you're like you're tired you're you're like you're dead i mean for me i ended up falling more and more in love with my baby as i got to know her and that's very like much my personality i like i it, it's beautiful to put the baby on the chest. It's such a magical moment. And there's nothing like seeing your husband hold the baby. And it's 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 emotional. But for me, where I like really fell in love with the baby is probably like four weeks later, like like after getting to know her personality, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed. And I have to say that I was not the most maternal person in the world. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, I don't know. Now I'm I'm obsessed with her. I wouldn't do anything differently. But before I wasn't like one of those people that was planning my wedding and yeah. planning my birth. Like I was very much like, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Do you want more kids? We'll see. I don't know. Really? I, I honestly, I don't I don't know. I just have to see. I'm not again. I'm not like I want three point yeah. fi- like five. We just kind of like we'll see. What if, if you got pregnant now? now? It'd be a lot. <laughs> So maybe too early, I think, for me. Yeah. Does I, Michael want more kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's ready. He's ready. Yeah. <laughs> he won't leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet. So what has changed in your relationship with Michael since you had Zaza? Uh, I've gotten to see, and this is uh, weird, how maternal he is. He's Aww. very maternal. Which is so interesting because I told him, I'm like, I married my mother. <laughs> he's he's very, 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 very maternal, which is so interesting because I have a lot of masculine energy and a lot of the girls that I hang out with have masculine energy. And so my husband has a very maternal um, feminine side. And I mean this like in a – I think it's amazing for a man to be able to tap into their femininity. I think yeah. it's so – I actually find it to be the most masculine. Yeah. My dad's the same way. He can yeah. tap right into his femininity, and I think that's so amazing. Um, and I think seeing Michael with the baby and just how he takes care of her is really cute and sweet. As far as, like, him and I, I think what we do is we just try to make it – I, we try to have the baby come into our life, not come into the baby. So we've really traveled with her. She's been on like 50 flights and she's two. Um, we try to bring her to dinner. We try to bring her out. We try to bring her around people. I hand her to everyone. Um, if, if, if she was here, I'd like hand her to you. I would be carrying her. Uh, like I love babies. I think, well, some people like they're, you know, they don't want <laughs> anyone to hold. And I get that. Like that's, yeah. that's a different way of doing it. But um, she eats what I eat. Like just very... We've just really tried to have the baby come into our world. Um, and listen, there's cons about that. Mm-hmm. We we traveled overseas with no nanny, and it was a lot of fucking work. It was a lot of work. Um, so I don't think there – again, this is not a one-size-fits-all. I don't think there's a right way to do it. I try to never give parenting advice. Yeah. Like, you just got to do what you got to do. Everyone's different. Yeah. So you know when you first start dating someone and then you move in with someone, you get married, like each one of those steps, you just – your relationship gets deeper and deeper. Was that the same when you had Zaza? Like you guys just had a deeper connection after? Or was it kind of the same? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think Michael and I – 
we've known each other for so long. We've known each other since we were 12 years old. Mm-hmm. That that uh, our our bond is is unique in the way that we work together. We've known each other for so long. We know each other's families like our own families. So yes, it definitely did get deeper because you see a different side of your partner. Um, but I also think like our foundation is already there. Mm-hmm. I think before you have a kid and and you're thinking about having a kid for 18 years with someone, it's important to have a lot of discussion and make sure the foundation is where you want it to be. And that could be that you just want to have a kid and then break up, whatever that is. You just want to make sure you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many times where I think people have kids with people and they're not on the same page. And that's where I think it gets rocky because mm-hmm. people are having two different ideas. Mm-hmm. What are the main values that you want to teach Seza? My number one thing is being resourceful. Uh-huh. I don't think there is anything more valuable in this world to teach someone than being resourceful. I think it is a quality that will help other people. I think it's a quality that will help yourself. I think it's a quality that is so much in- more important to me than college. Mm-hmm. I think learning to be resourceful and figuring things out and seeing angles and opportunity is one thing I really hope to teach her. But I also hope to really let her be who she is, whatever that is. I don't want to project what I think she should be onto her. Mm -hmm. And that's another really good thing I think my parents did. There was never a conversation of you have to go to college. You have to be a doctor. You have to be a lawyer. It was always whatever you do, just be successful at what whatever that is and however success looks like to you let that be how it is and money is not you know the number one if it is your number one great but it doesn't have to be the number one and with zaza i think i'm just i'm going to instill in her to be her own person be unique be the best version of whatever she chooses to be without micromanaging whatever that is yeah that's really sweet. Okay, I wrote out a few quick fire questions for you. Go we for end it. Off. What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh my god, let me think about this because it lack of self awareness. Um, someone that sucks the energy out of the room. I I think that you can you can work on that. I I don't <laughs> buy that that's your personality. I think <laughs> when you come in and you suck the energy out of the room, I think that you need to do some severe self reflection. Um. And someone that calls too much. I'm not. Mm-hmm. A, I'm not a talk on the phone person. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. I, I don't like to talk on the phone that much. And I hope no one's listening that calls me. <laughs> okay, describe yourself in one word. That's a good one. Um, one word. I would like to say. I hope resourceful. I hope. I really value that trait, and I would. I'd like to say resourceful. I also would say. Um, I don't want to say unapologetically because I think that's overused, but I'm myself. Mm. Um, I really try to have a strong sense of self. I'm comfortable in my skin. And I think that's more than one word. But I think that um, I think. Confident. Yeah, I, I, I would hope so. I would yeah. hope. I think that even saying that, like, I hope that I think exuding confidence makes you feel good. It's good yeah. for yourself. 
And I think it makes you a strong person in your relationships. And like we talked about on our podcast with Ed Milet said this too, like confident is confidence is keeping the promises to yourself. And I notice whenever I'm out of alignment with myself, it's because I'm not following through with what I said I was going to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's whenever I feel insecure, that's usually what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. So advice you'd give to your 18-year-old self. If you could tell her anything, if she was in the room and you had like 30 seconds with her, what would you say? Get off the bar. Put put your top on. (laughs) Um, Get off the bar. Don't listen to what anyone else thinks. I don't want to – that sounds like bratty. I mean don't listen to outside opinions on your life. And take the Playboy Bunny sticker off your hip and get the fuck out of the tanning bed. (laughs) Okay. Favorite quote. Last one. Favorite quote. Like one that you live by. Maybe it's a motivational quote or life quote. I This is not like a motivational dance like no one's watching quote that I screenshotted off Instagram. It would just be figure it out figure it out you want something figure it out you if you said it on our podcast too you said if you want something you you go and you look at someone who has what you want Mm -hmm. and you sort of just adapt some habits that maybe they're doing whether that's not drinking or Mm -hmm. it's more plant-based whatever it is figure it out i think you are the one that is in control of your life you create your destiny you create your future Make sure you're choosing your minutes, hours, days wisely of how you do that. And I think that really goes back to figuring it out. Figure it out. You want something? Go and figure it out. Yourself. Take action. Yes. Stop sitting. Stop sitting. Amazing. Well, this has been incredible. And I can't believe our episode is already done. That went by so quickly. We've been back to back. And it, I don't even feel tired. You're you're an energy upper. In, in person, you really are. Like That's you raise nice. the energy in the room. Thank you. I would have to say that about too, about that too. But I have to say you said don't sit. You should sit if you're listening to your app. And you should sit and meditate. Ah. You should sit and meditate about how you're going to figure it out and yes. execute. But that's taking action, meditating, because you're working on yourself. A hundred percent. Stillness is the most underrated. Yeah. I totally agree with you. That is totally taking action. Thank you for having me. Of course. So where can everyone find you? I think most listeners probably know who you are and follow you already. But That's nice. where That's can nice. everyone find you? And Lauren Bostic and at the Skinny Confidential. Too. The book's on Amazon and Target and Barnes & Noble. Amazing. And you're in it. I'm in the book. Yes. And you're going to be on the podcast too. Oh. That's coming soon, dot, dot, dot. Uh, you're in the book. And it's like so amazing. You were so professional when you filled everything out. I just have to say that. I was so excited to write everything down and answer all the questions because I just love talking about skin too. So I loved having you in the book. Thank you for doing that. Well, thank you for coming on. And I'm really excited to now film for your secret project. That secret I don't even project. know what this is. So let's talk off air. It's going to be beauty and skin. Amazing. I can't wait. Pick her brain about her glowy skin. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I quickly want to remind you that there is a giveaway if you want to win a hot mess ice roller from Lauren's company, The Skinny Confidential. All you need to do is go on Instagram, go to my latest Instagram post, tell me your favorite part of this episode, tag Lauren Bostic and The Skinny Confidential, follow both those accounts and that will automatically enter you to win. So I hope you enjoy and I'll see you guys next time.